Well, let's face it, electronic tagging of sheep is a divisive subject. For almost four years, Victorian producers have required an electronic NLIS or National Livestock Identification System tag in their sheep before being dispatched from the property of their birth. But nowhere else in Australia is this a requirement. So since that time, has this move to full individual traceability and the precision on-farm sheep management that can go with it been worth it for commercial wool growers? So this is a question that's been posed to us and so today we're exploring it. Hello and welcome to The Yarn, the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Marius Cumming and soon we head to Victoria and ask that very question and hear of just how it is being used. But before we do, let's head to WA. Kelly Gorter grew up on a sheep and cropping farm southwest of Cojunup in WA and was first introduced to electronic tagging following work experience on a property at Cootamundra in New South Wales. She now runs her own business, KG Livestock Services in WA, to support growers in using EID tagging and she told Ellie Bigwood just how to get started. So with EID, you kind of need two things. You need something that can read and scan the tags um, because the EID tags don't store information, which is a bit of a common misconception. All they do is um, when they're read, they return their unique 16-digit uh, number and that is what you record information against. So when you go EID, you need something that can read the tags to get that unique number. And that's nationally unique. It will never repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need something to collect the information and store the data. So there's some devices, um, if you're starting out starting out on a little bit of a budget, there's devices like stick readers that can read the tag and you can record information as you go. Um, and then, so I think they're a really good place to start out. And you just start with your basics that you want to record and um, and just slowly build up from there. So then you might go um, an, an indicator or a scale head that you can plug load bars into to record uh, body weights and um, some more advanced information. And those devices have a better um, reviewing of information than what a stick reader can do. But yeah, I think they're, they're a good place to start and they're portable and they're fairly easy to use and you can go from there. And in terms of the data that you're collecting, which groups of sheep should I have EID on first? Um, what are the major traits that I can be looking at? So I just say to people, like, just start putting tags in now. Whether you're – so in this year's lambs, the next lot, of bat, next lot of lambs you've got coming through, just start tagging them now and just slowly build up from there. And as those animals grow up, you'll find different things that you can record. So as, the, as a lamb, you might record weaning weights and then – then you might go to a fleece weight at a yearling stage because that's your most uniform age group. So fleece weights are going to be, they're not going to have been influenced by something like pregnancy where, you know, you that raises twins probably not going to cut as much wool because she's put energy into twins, whereas a single might grow more and a dry more again. Yeah, so I'll just start start tagging from there and just, yeah, slowly build it up. And the probably the two simple things for most commercial producers to record would be fleece weight and preg status because often when we preg scan we run them in mobs or we put a rattle mark on them or something and then as soon as they've had their lamb or weaning or whatever or you get a box up and you rely on that rattle mark still being there 
And then when you do box them up again at the end of the year, you lose what they were, what the history was. Whereas with these tags, you get lifetime information on animals. You can scan the tag of a six-year-old ewe and the device can tell you what her weaning weight was and how many lambs she's conceived in that time. So it's, um, it's pretty powerful to have that uh, performance information on each animal. Yeah, and so the, the applications, you know, it's not just for stud breeders. It's also mm. can be quite beneficial to the commercial grower too. Oh, massively, yeah. And I work on a property as well who all our animals ERD tagged and we use it so much for management tools as well. We can run mobs all together uh, as one big mob to suit the time of the year and then when we need to start, say, pre-lambing, we need to start breaking them down into smaller mobs, we can draft them up depending on uh, information that we've recorded months ago. Um, where rattle marks would have disappeared by then or or anything like that. And also if you get to a a tight season or a stage where you need to sell animals, you can select off performance rather than just, say, age or Mm. a single assessment on one day might not be a fair reason to colour you. So, yeah, you can use that collection of information to help you make those decisions. So for studs, I I think it's a bit of a no-brainer when you're breeding rams and you want to know performance and much easier to record it digitally than on paper and and risk the elder's pocketbook going through the wash and or you know that sort of thing but yeah commercially as well like huge huge uses there just as much with management as um yeah as data collection what is the biggest barrier to adopting it uh probably the unknown i think um farmers not really understanding and and price they see the price of an electronic tag and think that it's too much but what is it well, it depends on what brand of tag you're going going with. Ballpark around a dollar fifty. Some will be closer to two dollars, and some you might get a bit cheaper. But um, yeah, a good quality tag. Yeah, call it a dollar fifty. I suppose getting started is the hard bit. But then, as you were saying, once you understand how it works, you, its application to your business, it becomes part of your management, like any other new research or tool. Yeah, you know? yeah. It just becomes like part of your system. Like when you run the animals in, bring them into the yards or something. And if you go ERD, you don't have to get an auto drafter, but they're pretty cool and they're pretty handy. So if you had something like that where you're isolating each animal and it just becomes part of your data recording, and there's no point recording data that isn't actually of use to you. Like if you're not going to use, I don't know, weaning weight in any of your selection decisions, don't bother recording it. So if you... As I suggest of just starting putting tags in lambs each year, just tagging your new New Year's lambs with the EID like tags. and weathers or just... If you're just selling weathers and you're not running them for long, then yeah. I wouldn't bother. Just put a normal tag in them. But, yeah, generally if you're self-replacing, you put them in the ewe lambs. Mm. Um, so they have them for life. And if you're putting them in your lambs and just, you know, it, as you slowly build up how many animals have electronic tags in you'll practice like data recording and things and you'll learn as you go. So once you've got a few age groups tagged, you would have done the data recording a few times. So there's obviously people like myself that can help with those things and you know if you can always call the um the supplier of the equipment you've got if you hit a stump on like how to record something that you're trying to or it doesn't quite work. Um and you've got that support that way as well so it's it's the old you know practice makes perfect yeah yep and once you've got a hold of things would you say that long term eid is not 
like harder than without EID. It can add a bit of time to your system and the job that you're trying to do, but the benefits of having that information are well worth it. If you're a stud and you're recording information, absolutely you're better off because it's so much easier to collect the data digitally. There's so much less chance of errors in reading tags or writing down numbers wrong and that sort of thing. And then if you're commercial, the aid you get from um, having that information and being able to um, make management decisions and sale decisions and so on based off that information, it's just not, you wouldn't be able to do it normally um, with normal plain tags. So yeah, I think that that extra tool that it offers is, is very much worth it. Well, thanks for your insight today, Kelly. Very interesting dissecting EID for producers that have actually requested to know more about it on our podcast. So thanks for having a yarn with us. No, that's great. Thanks for having me, Ellie. Kelly Gorter there from KG Livestock Services with Ellie Bigwood. So Andrew Spears is a consultant with Meridian Ag in Victoria. He's also a sheep and cattle farmer from Casterton in Western Victoria. So he was involved in the early on-farm trials on EID a decade ago, and that examined tag suitability, readability and retention. And all those years later, it's very much in use on the sheep properties he consults. Well, we've got, um, with, with a number of wool-producing clients, we're now looking at, we're using that to record. We're doing fleece weight and micron in the shed and, and being able to select our either our wieners or our one-and-a-half-year-old ewes as to how, what comes and stay, comes and goes. Um, we're also being able to then um, sire mate groups uh, and follow those lambs all the way through. Um, and on a couple of properties, we're, we've really now settled down to being able to selectively mate our ewes based on micron and body weight and where we're wanting them to go and also moving a little bit with not moving dramatically, but moving depending on the markets and whether we're fully stocked and we don't need as many replacements, but we can actually decide, once we don't need the merino replacements, we can say, okay, we want to put 20% to a terminal ram. We know which 20% are going to go there and still maintain the high-quality wool yields and everything we want from our merino flock. So collecting fleece weight data, individual fleece weight data at shearing, has been a bit of a stumbling block. I mean, it's not an easy thing to do in the shed, is it? Well, I think that there's a number of providers for it now and and it runs very smoothly in in most sheds as long as everybody's had explained to them what we're trying to achieve for those few days. Um, It generally costs about half a labour unit. So if you say you've got an extra labour unit in the shed for for fleece weighing and micron, um, on a couple of other properties what we've done is actually um, taken a fleece weight sample prior, uh, sorry, a fleece sample prior to shearing and just weighed fleeces in the shed. So that's made it even simpler. Um, so the, the, you've got two options of doing that. And it's, you know, the, the convention, the not surprising thing of farmers thinking of ways around a problem or a solution to a problem that that, that uh, the white coats may not have put up in the first place. Yes, because in the early days it was a case of having a barcode reader in the shed and then having to take the barcode out, scan it, correlate that with the, uh, with the, the, the ear tag and then take, take that barcode with the fleece to um, the laser scan machine, etc., etc. So 
we've moved on from that? Well, if you're doing your fleece, if you're doing your micron in shed, no, that's still what has to happen. Um, but, you know, just everybody understanding how that's done and and not having those bits of paper fly around the place mm. um, is, is now quite, you know, people have worked out different ways of doing that. Well, so could you good. just weigh the sheep in the shed and weigh them on the app, weigh them with a fleece and weigh them without a fleece? Yes, you could, uh, but but you've got you know plus or minus a urination, some of those things. So you got two or three or four hundred grams either way. It's much easier, I think, just to, to weigh the fleece. Taking the micron measurement out or having to do that in the shed saves a bit of time as well. Um, but the money invested and the patience invested in that you know, gives us a huge difference. Um, you know, we took on one property, we had a thousand one and a half year old ewes that we'd been classed visually, so, but from an economic point of view, when we put them back through, 120 of those ewes were actually in the top 800. So the cull line was we wanted to take 200 out, but 120 of those that were in the supposedly cull mob even were economically back, you know, 120 of them were actually back in, in the top 800 with some of them in the top 100. So that's the thing, isn't it? I suppose you, you're actually, for the first time ever, you you can see which animals are making you the most money and therefore you can cull, you can immediately lift your, your production. Absolutely, and it's not a criticism on on, on us as a, or people as being able to class you. It, it is very hard to say, is that 18 micron and is that sheep going to cut three and a half or four, kilo, four kilos of wool? You know, if we've only got three quarters of a stable, it, it's just too fine for us to be able to do that consistently, so we need to be objective about it. So fleece weight, body weight, I suppose for lamb producers, um, weight gain and what have you. So the, the, the benefits are outweighing the costs, you're saying, in many senses. But here in Victoria, how would you say we're going a few years down the track? Are most people using it in the way it should be used or is it still underutilised? I think it's still well underutilised, um, and, and I, that's partly um, people sort of being a bit, I think, having the time or making the time to, to understand the equipment and use it. Um, but there are a significant number of people starting to say, hang on, I can use this for, for some tools for me. And, and again, if you're going to take measurements, you've then got to be prepared to act on them. There's no point in having a, you know, a group of files there that you actually haven't done anything with. Now that is a big one isn't it because yes we there's the the, the, the management aspect of that and the, the software management of, of the data I mean there's, as you say it's got to be collected and then managed so how do people do that? I mean there are there are companies that, that can do this for you but is it standard? Well I think yes there are people that can do it, do, do it for you and we've done a little bit as well but the, I think the the important thing is actually understanding what you want to get out of what you're trying to achieve from a productivity or a, or an animal welfare or production point of view and understanding how to sort that data yourself or or engaging somebody that can help you with it but very much you setting the parameters or, and understanding what you're trying to get out of it. So we're here in Hamilton today where there are 65 or so thousand lambs being sold through the sale yards they are all being scanned in and out of the yards. Um, what an incredible effort that is. But the picks with every one of those sheep are then 
transferred. But if they go into state, what happens? Um, at the moment, I think it's... I'm not... <laughs> 100% sure how they're going into what happens when they go into South Australia because it's not a they haven't got databases that I'm aware of that are set up for that. Um, so we've got a bit of a that's going to take some time to get sorted out as a, a national issue. So do you think this is a bit of another rail gauge issue? Is that you know if we're not all onto uh, onto e tags, then the NLIS is compromised to a degree. It, it, some of the yeah the stock going out are but you know they're still working on a mob based system so it is it's hard yeah the, the two don't match at this stage yeah and I suppose from a, um, a an overall industry point of view does it increase the traceability because that that was sort of one of the main reasons that the Victorian government made it mandatory to be able to trace back mm. if there was an exotic disease outbreak. Well, within Victoria, yes, it does. And, you know, the, the original stuff that Tony Britt and his crew did was quite, um, you know, they were able to trace all, you know, a couple of those surveys, they were able to trace all of the cattle very quickly within, I think it was 24 or 36 hours. Um, you know, some of those sheep they were still looking for a long time later because, you know, it was a manual transfer that was just hadn't, hadn't occurred um, or it's with an agent or... But yeah, you know, that we're all, that that stuff happens. So at least when everything that's going through the sale yards um, is being transferred, we've still got that on-farm issue of sheep going from farm to farm. Which, mm. um, but we're a lot closer to being able to track a fair few more sheep than we could in the past. So we're both farmers. When we're, we're not, um, neither of us are, are large-scale farmers, but. We both do a little bit and we both enjoy it. So how do you use it in your system? Because I, I just pay for it and I'm, I'm one of those many farmers that I, I feel as though I'm not big enough to fully utilise it because I don't have um, an auto-drafter, I don't have a wand, I, don't, you know, I just don't have the time or the, the critical mass to pay for that extra infrastructure and u- utilise it. The, the, the side of it that I use is with, with my preg scanner. So he's got all his gear that he comes each year um, and I'll borrow a stick wand to, to actually make sure I've got all the use in the system. Um, and, and so we've got the use on farm, we've got their pregnancy status year on year. So again, once we've got numbers, we've got the ability to perhaps decide, make some decisions on on those users to who stays and goes. Right. So, in in time, how will you utilise that? Once you've, uh, once in in years to come, you'll be culling ewes that don't give you twins every year, for example. Yeah, as long as they've been managed, long as I haven't done something wrong with their management. But yes, absolutely. So so condition score and and number of lambs lambs at least scanned in scanned. Um, yeah, it will be a will be a, a selection tool. Yep, and for your cattle, a bit of a, a no brainer as well. Yeah, the cattle is um, again a lot. We're still building numbers, so but, but it is giving us um, what we are able to do is the low end of our our weaner calves from a growth rate point of view. So we can tip out, you know, when they're from when they're born to to weaning and work out which which cows are not actually producing mm. the weight. Yeah, so I'd imagine for stud producers, uh, it was it, it's a complete no-brainer. I know, particularly those that have been selling rams, for example, on Auctions Plus this year, it's been an absolute godsend to have that data that you can just transfer straight onto the file. Oh, absolutely, and and again, you know, huge amounts of data. It's the transcription errors that you know we just can't. 
with humans, with us involved, we, we make some of the you know, trans, slight transcription error was at least this is cleaner and, and we get more accurate data. So finally, how do you see it evolving in, in the years to come, Andrew? Do you see it becoming more commonplace? Um, or if all states don't come on board, are we going to end up with a, a very compromised system nationally? Well, I think you've got two, two very distinct parts to EID. You've got on-farm management and profitability, and, and that's where I think it, 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 will, it will drive itself um, as people see the benefits of using that. Um, and from, a, um, from an e- market e- access point of view, I think the, um, the state stuff will take care of itself as well. Yeah, and you're absolutely right about the farm, the on-farm ingenuity. We've seen, um, uh, you know, lamb marking boxes, you know, lambs dropping into a box and, oh. and, and being um, Bluetoothed, uh, their weight Bluetoothed and all these things. So it's, it's quite amazing what farmers can do. Well, and, and that lamb, you touched on lamb marking box and that is another really tool that we've used over the last few years and it, we've actually been able to actually rank pasture productivity based on our, our weaning weights or our lamb marking weights. So we've actually started to use them to say, hang on, are these paddocks performing as well as we'd like? So, you know, where we're getting 200 grams versus 300 grams, and we're actually, com- that's actually helping us with variety selection and paddock management, which, um, yeah, it's quite a curious tool when you've got a whole farm doing that, and once the box is working, you know, you get 98% of them through the box. Mm. Um, so it's a really interesting, and again, people can also be evaluating and, you know, different studs and their rams and their performance where I think you know that that gives people confidence to use Australian sheep breeding values whereas you know, some people need that that confirmation whereas we know personally I'm very comfortable that those numbers are real and you just select on the numbers but it also helps people make that confident choice to to confirm them all right well andrew thank you very much today that's really a great insight and uh, we'll see how it all continues to uh, to evolve thanks Maris. andrew spears a consultant with meridian ag and sheep and cattle farmer from casterton in western victoria so thanks for the idea for this podcast if you have any send them to the yarn at wool.com and we'll follow them up so Australian Wool Innovation is on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. But for now, from me, Marius Cumming and Ellie Bigwood in the West, thanks for having a yarn with us.